stadium. Their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. Stadium. Their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. you live from two different places this is a world series pregame show I, I don't have the board here i have a mic i hope i sound better we're going to try to figure out a echoey problem with brooke but you know what we're here we're in the world series and we got some sports ball to talk about what's going on guys my name is clint you can find me as real frg on twitter and instagram that other guy over there is brooke find him as brooke me three on twitter and instagram what is going on man how are you feeling on this fine kershaw day I'm good. You know, any Kershaw day is a little stressful for Dodgers fans uh, just because you want him to succeed so badly. But feeling good. I like the matchup. I like uh, Glasnow on the mound. I like a lot of it. This should be fun. It's going to be fun. I mean, we just came off a very, very fun, stressful, painful, uh, wonderful series. So, um, yeah, definitely going to be a lot of fun in this in this ball game. And the ball game, I believe. Oh, so I, I, I actually didn't confirm because I saw different numbers. I don't know if first pitch is five eleven. I don't know if it's like five oh eight, five ten, five oh nine. Just, just turn it to Fox at eleven. It's around then. <laughs> Put it on Fox at eleven or at five o'clock Pacific time, and and you will see sports ball. You will see your baseball team, and you'll hear Joe Buck. You'll hear John Smoltz. I'm very sorry. Joe Davis was only on assignment for that one game, but we got to set up the series a little bit before we do. Let's find some comments. Uh, tell me you have some goodies for us, Mr. Uh, Mr. Brook. <laughs> yeah, Baseload over on YouTube says you two are looking very handsome today. And, uh, yeah, you know, <clears throat> World Series game one, we got to stay fresh. <laughs> I don't know if we either of us did anything different than what we've been doing in the past, but Tim, friend of the show, Mr. Tim Rogers, Kirsch isn't my favorite player. We want nothing more than him to get his ring. And I think that's a pretty consistent theme throughout Dodgers fans. They really yeah. just want Kershaw to get his ring. I, I feel Kirsch and uh, and JT, honestly. I mean, we could throw in Kenley for that, too, while we're at it, whatever. Just, just go whole hog. But... Um... Also for us, we need a ring. We got to get our friend, friend of the show, Eric, producer Eric, uh, senior manager Eric for the Dodgers. His ring suit. Everybody gets a ring. So Ross Stripling will get a ring. So we got a lot of friends who would get rings out of it too. Uh, we would get accolades and happiness that uh, we haven't felt in 32 years. Our friend Richard Hooker, I believe he was first in the stream today. We love, we love Dick Hooker on Facebook. He says, "Get Kershaw some damn run support." That's been a it's been a, a huge problem with Clayton Kershaw throughout his postseason career, and it's and it's definitely been very very uh, obvious so far this postseason. Yeah, and it's definitely a lot harder to pitch with your back against the wall the entire time. So, <laughs> last game he was out there, he looked really good. Obviously, he got into that sixth inning. Things went very wrong for him, but that tends to happen when you don't really have any run support behind you whatsoever. So, get those bats going. Give him a couple run lead. He'll get it. He'll get it done. I, I, I can almost guarantee that. 
Yeah, it's hard to pitch with your back against the wall and with uh, back strain. So, you know, we're hoping he's feeling healthy. Uh, We're hoping that he's looking good on the bump uh, to start the game. Very different matchup here with this Rays. We haven't faced these guys since 2018. And, you know, the Rays go through wholesale changes just about every season. So a lot of new faces we're going to be seeing um, over the next at least four days or five days, four games. Katie's in the stream and says, I truly feel good about the series and uh, things going in the Dodgers' favor. So, yeah. That's good. I like that. Yeah, yeah. you got to feel good about it. Um, I feel good about the series altogether. I think it's just going to be a fun series regardless uh, over the next you know week-ish or so. Mm-hmm. So setting up the series here before we get into all the uh, the fi- the little minutia of the actual ball game, Dodgers got here on the back of a forty three and seventeen record. Of course, we all know this. They led baseball in wins in the shortened oddball twenty twenty season. Swept their way through the Brewers. Swept their way through the Padres. Improbable comeback from that three one deficit in the National League Wild Card series to take home the pennant over the Braves. Fun series, and the biggest question for the Dodgers is: Can they keep that momentum rolling? They've rolled, rattled off three three in a row. They needed two to get here. On the other side, the Rays. They were the best team in the American League, second best team in all of baseball, forty and twenty in the regular season. Like I said, tops in the AL. Uh, they were able to sweep their way through our our boys, Hunjin uh, Ryu and. Uh, chicken strip over there for the Buffalo Blue Jays. They got through the wild card. And then they had to go the distance in back-to-back series. You know, struggled a little bit. They they, they had to throw like everything they had at, at the Yankees to get through it. Same thing with the Astros. Everything they had to get through the Astros to barely hang on to that 3 nothing lead they had going in that series. Um, a very tired team, I would imagine. How do you think uh, the momentum going up against the tired plays out uh, here in game one? Yeah, I think that the Rays are definitely at a disadvantage coming into this game. Um, I thought a lot of people complained that you know the Dodgers only got one day off, the Rays got two days off, and you know, it doesn't help. But I actually thought it ended up helping the Dodgers in the long run because you're riding that wave like they've been talking about. I think playing consecutive games has actually worked out very well for the Dodgers and their momentum. Um, you hope it carries over through the off day, but we'll still we'll still see on that one. But yeah, man, you look at these Rays and what they've had to do to run through all these teams. Uh, the, the bats have not gotten them there. The, the bats haven't gotten them this far. They've mm-hmm. scored runs, obviously. They've had some big offensive outbursts from a few random dudes, um, but the pitching has really, really, really been relied upon heavily throughout the course of this postseason. And they have—I mean, I have got to imagine—they're pretty gassed out by now. Can they get through an entire series effectively? Maybe. But, man, they have thrown a lot over the past couple of days. Yeah, I mean, you could say that really for, for both teams. Uh, but, um, yeah, you know, you're definitely spot on there. Kind of kind of moving on, looking, uh, I don't know, should we do the roster or the chatter first here? Because there's, there's sort of different angles to look at this. The roster is pretty simple. I'll do the roster first. Meet the new roster. It's the same as the old roster. Uh, same 28 guys that were on the National League Championship Series for a roster for the Dodgers are there. So that's fine. Hopefully we don't see our friend Matt Beatty on the infield again at any point. Because <laughs> uh, Bader's Taters looked a little, uh, he looked a little lost out there a couple of times. But celebration game was strong from from everybody on there, uh, on that roster. And it's good. You know, we, we didn't need to use everybody that often. And um did you think it's the right call to go with the same uh, the same lineup, the same roster here? Yeah, I thought maybe we might see 
I don't know, a few arms changed in or out. But then when you look at who's on the taxi squad, who, who were the alternate options, there's not, you know, there's nothing that stands out there. Like, why didn't they make that move? Might have considered not using Kolarik in this series just because if any team knows anything about Adam Kolarik, it's absolutely <laughs> the Tampa Bay Rays. Um, but other than that, didn't really surprise me. The only thing that really surprised me was the fact that Dave was considering removing a pitcher at one point from yeah. the roster. Uh, that was the only thing where I was like, oh, that's kind of weird, but also maybe plays up into the matchups the, that, that the Rays want to do with their pitching staff. Rays have a lot of left-handed arms out of that bullpen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, notably, can't forget, there is two uh, two built-in off days in this series, so there will be an off day on Thursday and an off day on Monday. So, you know, you could get away with having that that one less arm. I like like you. I prefer they kept the the fifteen instead of going down to fourteen. But uh, I'm not mad at the lineup because or at the uh, at the roster or the pitchers mainly because these guys uh, they all bring something to the table. And if you can get something good out of Kalerik, I would still take Adam Kalerik over Scott Alexander, who doesn't have his feet wet at all in this postseason. You know, you, you kind of right. got to ride him at this point. Um, so yeah, let's find a few comments here. Get get the fans involved. Get the people involved. Uh, my uh, Michael over on Facebook says I don't like exciting. I don't like close. I like Dodgers blowing them away. Seen, kind of seen both angles of it. You know, you, you see the people, you hear the people talking about, oh, this is you know this could be a four game or a, a seven game series, and you also you know see the 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 calls that the Dodgers could sweep in four. I don't think it's going to be a sweep in four. We'll get to our predictions a little bit later, but um, yeah. Uh, a big key is going to be what Veronica says here. She says, uh, man, um, Coach Roberts, please know when to take the pitchers out. And uh, we we hope we got a taste of a new and improved Dave Roberts uh, there in those final three games of the NLCS like we were talking about in our pre-series preview yesterday on the podcast, the full podcast. If you missed it, check it out. Blue Heaven, we're on all the uh, platforms, but... Yeah, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be an important uh, important piece of the puzzle. There's knowing when to hold them, knowing when to fold them, all that kind of good stuff. Yeah, I think uh, he's definitely gonna take a lot that he learned from that last series. Um, like we said, that's probably the best management that we've ever seen from Dave Roberts in his entire career was over the course of those last couple games, um, bullpen wise, roster wise, lineup wise, all those things. Um, you're gonna need every bit of that coming into the World Series. The Razor. Don't take the race for granted, guys. I know sometimes you, when you don't know much about a team, it's a lot easier to take them for granted, but the Rays are a very good squad. There's a reason why they're here. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Katie says Kershaw gets five innings, and that's it. I don't care if he's cruising or his pitch count is low. We cannot risk it. I, I don't think you can throw Kershaw three times through this lineup, through any lineup anymore, but especially in the postseason. I mean, hell, even one of the Rays batters said He's, it's not that he's bad. He's just left in too long. Like this kid knows Kershaw's postseason narrative. So if somebody else knows, the Dodgers should know by now. The computer should say, "Hey, he's historically bad in the postseason when he's facing the lineup for a third time." So the bullpen seems mostly rested up enough, but with us not really knowing what's going to happen in Game Two, there's there's definitely going right. to be some. Uh, potential turning points in this game one that that, uh, that have big time carryover. I think that's the biggest issue is the fact that we don't know what's happening in game two. Add in the fact that you know you're getting Walker game three, so you have to have somebody ready to behind Walker just in case mm-hmm. that, that blister becomes an issue. So if you get five, if you get through the first uh, 
two times through the lineup and you're still at a pretty low pitch count, I think that we're going to see Kershaw in there again. And I know that's not what you want to hear, and I know that's not what a lot, a lot of people would like to see, but um, unfortunately, the situation that we're in probably dictates it, and it's probably going to happen because still, we don't even know who's starting game two. We have an idea, but mm-hmm. we don't know. Yeah, uh, the idea being probably maybe Julio Urias, but they might want to go the other way. Cause, so Dave said Dave, uh, Dustin May is available tonight. I'm pretty sure they'd rather try to do something again where <clears throat> maybe he gets two or three innings out of, you know, as a start in game two. I think they're looking at him more as a reliever in this series or opener in this series than a, a full, full-fledged full starter. And I would say, honestly, that's how they're looking at May uh, through the throughout the, pol- uh, the postseason. Julio's been... Brilliant as a bulk guy, as somebody who's getting you three or four innings, and we saw that as they closed out the NLCS. Um, so, again, it's not like we're at a, a struggle point where there are no options. It's just it's not traditional options that people really love to uh, be able to rest on, especially in the World Series. Digging into a few of the comments here, uh, important ones. Jose Soto over on Facebook asks, Hey, guys, any news on what we get when you get a stolen base? It's a free taco. Taco Bell, shout out. Not a, not a sponsor, but uh, but these people are. All right, guys, I got to stop right there and talk about my bookie. Between the NFL, college ball, MLB playoffs, a little of everything, there's no shortage of games to watch nowadays. And with thousands of lines available on all your favorite sports and events, you can turn your game day into payday my favorite day of the week with my bookie if you're the type of guy who likes to back the big favorites considering putting a couple in a parlay for a much bigger payout not only do parlays make meaningless games exciting but more importantly they give you a chance to turn ordinary bets into a real money maker hey don't forget those underdogs too they have a ton of value and the thing about you know nfl is underdoggers underdoggers <laughs> the underdogs are never really dogs on Sunday. Anything can happen. We just saw that happen this past weekend, but hey, you know, they lost me some money. But every team truly has a chance to win, and uh, you do too. That's how you're supposed to do it. Game spreads, championship, futures, prop bets. There's so many options there. It's never too late to get in on the action and start turning your sports knowledge into actual cash in your wallet. That's right. You can sign up at MyBookie, and when you do, use our promo code, will you? It's overtime. O-V-E-R-T-I-M-E. To claim a deposit, match dollar for dollar all the way to a thousand bucks. It's a bonus designed to give you a little help and a head start on your winning season. That's promo code overtime, O V E R T I M E, for you to claim your bonus when you make the deposit. Stack the UFC cards, presidential prop bets, all the major sports and more. Sign up today and begin your winning season exclusively at my bookie. No mo FOMO, very important question before we get into the chatter of the series. Nomo FOMO asks, what should I order for dinner? Brooke, you got any uh, got any suggestions? I have no idea where this person is or where they live, but if they live local, uh, I would suggest food. Might I suggest food? Wait, wait. There. I think I think people are able to hear the, the bell. If not, sure. whatever. We got Stephen Brooks over in Australia on Facebook. Says one guy that feels like he needs to win this game is Kershaw. Good luck to Kershaw all the way from Australia. And, and man, like... You worry about that, you know, that need, having that need kind of resting on his shoulders. Does he think much about about that? I mean, we're going to get more into Kirsch later on, uh, a little bit later in the show. But, you know, put yourself in his shoes. How do you feel about that? Like knowing that all this narrative, you're coming into the series so much riding on the line and you're the guy who's getting the ball first. Uh, what would your level of nerves be like, former high school catcher? <laughs> I mean, me, I would suck regardless, so it doesn't really matter what I feel like. But 
He's he's a pro. He's been here before. He's done this multiple times. This is not new for him. This is his, I believe, third Game 1 World Series start in his career. I I, I certainly don't think the moment's too big for him. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that this version of Kershaw, you talk about the 2020 version, is the best that we've seen of the old Kershaw. <laughs> That's hard to quantify and hard to figure out where the lines cross. But, I mean, I think after 2017, you could pretty much call him the old Kershaw. Um <laughs> he's leaned into what he's good at and he wasn't doing that before. He was trying to overpower people with this fastball still something that he could do at 25, but you can't do in your thirties. Um, and with a bad back, he's working that slider a lot better than he ever has in his career. He's going to that curveball less because he has good stuff that he can mix in. Um, and now he's not getting rocked on that as much. So I think that this is the best version of the old Kershaw that we've seen so far. And so I don't think this moment's going to be too big for him by any means. Um, and I'm hoping to see a very efficient outing from him. Philip, uh, Philip McLeod on Facebook says Kershaw's the best pitcher in this game, Hall of Famer already. Definitely has the Hall of Fame pred- pedigree, but uh, we hope he can change that postseason narrative finally, definitively, and officially starting today in uh, in Arlington because they are in Texas, neutral site. Uh, a sailed loner on YouTube, perfect segue here, because I wanted to talk about the chatter here. And a sailed loner a few minutes ago uh, said, looking at the payrolls, Tampa Bay, I think the full payroll in the non-pandemic season, uh, $75 million payroll against LA's two, I think it's 253. I don't know what exactly the payrolls are, but we know it's Tampa Bay low, Dodgers high. And it is what it is. That's going to be a thing. Uh, I think Mookie was asked about that yesterday. For, or it wasn't Mookie. It was uh, little Andy F., old Andy Freeman, talking about, um, hey, either way, these people, you know, they're going to get paid, or, or whether or not they're paid, they're still quality ball players. It's just some have been in the league for longer. And I don't think that I, I the Dodgers shouldn't be be given this, like like, villain title just because they're actually paying their – superstars as opposed to other teams like Oakland or Tampa Bay using up their their best years of these kids and then just shipping away before they have to pay them. I think that's a, a more villainous move than what the Dodgers are doing is like, hey, Kershaw, hey, Kenley, hey, Justin Turner, you guys mean a lot to our organization. Would you like some money? I, I don't I've never got that kind of narrative, but uh, we're going to have to hear that. A whole lot, you know. Usually in World Series, especially when it's here in L.A., we get a lot of hashtag shadows. This time it's going to be hashtag payrolls. And I'm going to be a little annoyed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, there, there's a, there's just, just misconception that teams that are uh, small market teams are at a disadvantage or competitively don't uh, have the same, I don't know, fortunes that a bigger market team like the Dodgers do. It's not... <laughs> It's not our fault that the owners don't pay their players. That's not, that has nothing to do with it. You look at the, you know, people are like, oh, the Dodgers bought their team or whatever. Mm-hmm. You look at the comparisons and obviously that's not the case at all. We are mostly homegrown talent. We're mostly, we relied on drafts and deep diving on prospects and things like that. And we grow mm-hmm. them and make them better. So it's, it's really not fair to say that. Um, you look at the revenue per team and they're pretty, they're, you know, it's, you the Rays made $260, $270 million in revenue last year in 2019. Obviously, 2020 is different for everybody. Yeah. But you can't look at that number and say that the Rays can't afford to have a high payroll. They can afford to have a high payroll. It, they're not broke. I know that's a common thing that people want to say, like, oh, they don't make money. Well, they don't have fans turn out to games either, <laughs> and I don't understand that. But 
you can't take that and say that oh there's a disadvantage it's it's different it's i'm so tired of the small market mindset of like a, oh we're you guys are goliath you're the bad guy i'm like it's not our fault we're the bad guy we're just here yeah what's the problem with us being here yeah both both teams can have uh quality talented players it's just how far along they are into their career and we know tampa bay goes and goes out and finds players that are young and cheap and good or find find a way to make them good the dodgers find a way to make players good as well we look at chris taylor and you know what they paid him instead of letting him walk uh just as one example and we've seen that quite often so that shouldn't be uh as big of a narrative as it's going to be but that's probably going to be book it right now within the first two minutes of of the intro hype and the and all the the bull crap they're going to talk about uh once it actually gets past five o'clock into game time uh that's a that's going to be right there that's that's if that's not line number one it's line number two and then line number somewhere within the first five is oh kershaw blah 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 postseason it's like they're, they're very lazy all these national broadcasters are very lazy with that so blah that's the thing about being in the on the biggest stage is that normally People who know the Dodgers talk about the Dodgers, and they're the ones who get the spotlight to talk about the Dodgers. You get our guys like Spectrum, you get the Harrisons, you get the Garcia Pars, the people who watch these guys every single day. Then suddenly it shifts to a national stage, and people who have never talked about the Dodgers all year long don't know anything about their players, don't know anything about their prospects. They're suddenly in the spotlight talking about the Dodgers, and you're like, yeah, that sounds about right. You don't know anything about this team, and it's frustrating. It's so frustrating. Uh, Mookie Betts in the stream, our friend. The real Mookie bets on YouTube. You got a game to be playing, Mook, but uh, it's, it's not the Dodgers' <laughs> fault that their fans go to games, unlike the Rays. Hatfield backs that up. Brian Hatfield, are, are also another buddy of the stream here, says it's tough to drive fans into the stands when their players change every year. You know, you spend $80 on a jersey for a player that's going to be gone in, you know, a season and a half at, at most. So, you know, you, you have this vicious cycle of, of – um, a BS that they like to say, oh, we're trying to build with from within and all this kind of stuff. Like, no, you're not. You're just trying to maintain the status quo, keep keep your pockets lined, and keep a competitive enough baseball team on the field to uh, succeed enough. But enough on that. Um, notably, the Dodgers are heavy favorites in this series. Uh, I think that goes on a lot on the star power because we do have a name like Mookie Betts. Um, he's been in the league, so he's earned his money. You know, the other guys have this Randy kid, Randy Arozarena, who's a very good ball player that they were able to pluck away from St. Louis for for nothing because he had some kind of uh, history, we'll call it. And um, <laughs> that's know, one way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. So if that's if that's him, you know, if, if Randy Arozarena was seven years into his career, guess what? He'd be getting paid, but he's not. So BS, blah, blah, blah. Dodgers still have better are the heavy favorites because there is a star power. So it's a thing, but whatever, I guess it kind of goes into the money thing. Enough of that. Enough of that. I, I, I shouldn't even brought up the topic. I want to bring up ballparks. I did see it as a comment to uh, somebody asking if the Rays had played here before. No, the Rays have not been to this ballpark. This ballpark was just open this year and it's a pandemic year where everybody was playing in their regions. So this is the ultimate uh, meeting in the middle ballpark for both of these franchises, which is kind of funny. You know, the, uh, uh, not the World Series, but the Nation Series in a way. Yeah, East Coast versus West Coast. It's <laughs> kind of funny that they put it right in the middle of the country and two teams from opposite sides of the country happen to go right in the middle. Kind of works out. 
So you got to think, Dodgers. Uh, you got to think the Dodgers have that that advantage from being here for for the last couple of weeks. But of course, the Do- uh, the Rays lay in a domed field with turf. So where does the the field competitive advantage lie for you? AJ Pollock, I think, is probably one of the best judges of this. Uh, he played on Arizona turf, which is almost the exact. It's almost identical to the turf that's in Texas. Uh, I don't even know what it's made with some sort of coconut husk or some crap like that. I don't know all the weird details of the turf guys, but (laughs) he basically said was like, yeah, I mean, it plays pretty true. Um, If there was something that stood out about it to me, you would know. (laughs) And I would definitely say something. He's like, but I mean, it plays true. There's nothing about it that is different. Um, He's like, I like it. It's a nice park. Good. (laughs) So I think in that sense that the Rays, they're not going to, they don't hold an advantage or disadvantage having not played here and having played on their own turf. Um, I don't think that's a, it goes either way. I think that's a wash. Um, I do think that the Dodgers have the advantage in the outfield. The outfield is very strange uh, yeah. at Globe Life Field for a lot of reasons. In left, down left and right field, you got those strange things that seem to like jut out onto mm-hmm. the field and seem to catch a lot of doubles down the line and yeah. rebound them back towards the infield, um, which resulted in a couple triples. I think that's an advantage that the Dodgers know that it's there. Uh, but other than that, the only other difference is that the park plays a lot bigger. Um, and so the Rays coming from San Diego, where the balls were absolutely flying out to Texas, where they're flying out depending on the day, is going to be a learning curve for them. So you might see them look like we did the first couple of days here. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, we definitely have that that big-time competitive advantage of – Hey, these guys have made a bunch of plays already. Highlight plays, shirt plays, shirt-worthy plays. So that that's up there. There's a lot of things you want to like for the Dodgers, but uh, we don't want to get that hyped on it yet because we're, we're scared as Dodger fans just in general. I'm always scared. I was born scared. <laughs> uh, Brian asks, we got Brian Pantoja on Facebook, says belly's injured shoulder. Uh, mother effing concerned someone talked me off the ledge. There... Do you think they're trying to undersell the shoulder thing, kind of share the details that you know with the fine folks here and, and give your opinion on where you think it's at? Yeah, it sounds like he, his shoulders already taped up. They talked about the possibility of him wearing a brace during the game, uh, which is, I mean, it's never encouraging. Um, it is his lead, you know, it's his extending arm. So there's some things to go with that. That's not where his power is coming from necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, I almost... As strange as this sounds, I almost hope that it works out in his favor. Um, and by that, I mean, I hope he's not trying to dong every ball that he hits. And that's when he really gets in his own head and gets out yeah. of himself and becomes a bad hitter when he's trying to do that. So, you know, maybe this plays into it. Maybe it plays into it in a positive way where he's got to be thinking about going the opposite way, dropping down bunts, uh, you know, just good, clean hitting. Um We'll have to see, but it turns out he was on the field taking batting practice. A lot of people said he looked fine. He didn't look like he was in pain. He wasn't like picking up his shoulder and rotating it when you often do when you're hurting. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not personally too worried about it, but you know, never a good thing to hurt yourself <laughs> celebrating. That's for sure. Uh, I, I hope you successfully talked folks down off of that ledge. Uh, I, a little bit back in the comments here, I see a couple of questions. I got my buddy uh, Ernie Mota in the streams. We got Mota and we got uh, another one. Alex asking, what are we drinking tonight? What is the beer of choice tonight? Are you are you sticking with the uh, the old faithful for this show so far? Yeah, I got to go Coors. Like, I got to keep going Coors nonstop. I don't, I don't know what else. Uh, it, it's worked so far, right? I mean, since I got Coors, we uh, haven't lost, I'm pretty sure. 
Got to have rally cores, guys. You got to have rally cores. We got Orlando's drinking Dos Equis. I'm going to have Modelo because I got a bunch out in the back. I did have a birthday over the weekend, and birthdays involve beer. Um, mm-hmm. Let's see. Uh, on the payroll talk, I like my friend Stacy. She says, that's like saying women aren't as good of employees because we're paid less. So, boom, boom. There you go. Thank you, Stacy. The, 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 the Rays, just because they're paid less, they're also a very talented team. Just remember that, guys. In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. Uh, you got any other comments you want to get before we get into the uh, the lineups here or the uh, the, the starting matchup? No, I want to jump into these uh, this matchup because <laughs> right. there's a lot of things to like about it. Um, obviously, you got Kershaw on the bump for us. People will feel how they feel about that, but um, you know, D-May is an option for tonight if you need to be plugged in behind Kershaw. I really like what they're doing with Dustin May aside from that start that he got strangely in Game Seven. I do like how they're using him though. Um, basically using him as like what n- would normally be a bullpen day for him on uh, his scheduled starts. Yeah, no, it's a good call with that. Honestly, hold on, wait. I, I have the uh, I have the graphic up here, but um, yeah, on the Kershaw side here, another game one start. Uh, does he does he rewrite that that story? Does he rewrite the narrative tonight? Yeah, I think he does. Um, you know, he's got one really, really good World Series start against a bunch of cheaters and uh, one really, really bad World Series start against, uh, I guess, arguably a bunch of cheaters, too. But, uh, you know, jury's still out on that one. Yeah, the, the ERA what uh, is not great in, in uh, the postseason. It's much worse in game ones. But he was also pretty good in the wild card and division series. Just uh, you know, they had a bum back and kind of had a little bad luck in uh, in game two, so of the championship series. So I, I'm pretty I'm pretty confident in him. I hope we don't need to see D May because, like I did mention, Doc Roberts today said Dustin May is available tonight if needed. Really hope that's not the case. I'd rather see him get used elsewhere and kind of right. maybe bridge the gap with. Uh, you know, score enough points as Dino might say, so we can get Dylan Floro in there. Just, just you know, have a a little bit of a break for our our bigger arms. Get bruised our day off, or if you need him in there or whatever. We know we know Kenley's had a few more days rest than all that too. So, at um, yeah, yeah, you hope he can get a little bit of length and and we can get enough run support to uh to change it up for him or, or just give a little bit more rest. Long wind way of getting around to that. Uh, back to the other side, big note about Glasnow, the tallest pitcher in base, tallest player in baseball right now. Huge thing because a lot of people are going to be asking, they're going to see this tall mofo on the mound. Uh, dude is 6'8", for those asking, or for those wondering, he's 6'8". And um, yes, that is tall. He has one of those business cards he hands out. <laughs> yeah, he's a big kid. He didn't play basketball, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, throws freaking hard. <laughs> really freaking hard but 
you look at the matchup, you look at the pitch mix that he has. Um, I like the Dodgers lineup against Tyler Glasnow today. He, you know, he, that, that fastball can reach triple digits when he's amped up. He's pretty much hitting triple digits every time. Um, it will slow down throughout the course of the game, probably sit somewhere 97, 98. Um, he throws it like 60% of the time though, and then mixes in a curveball, you know, 35% of the time and maybe a changeup very, very, very sparsely. So you look at his pitch mix, you look at the difference in speeds of those two pitches. Um, very, very Max Fried-esque, but from the other side. So I think that the Dodgers have a good matchup against him. I think that their bats are going to match up well against him. I think Jock matches up particularly well against him. Um, I, I like I like this today. I like it a lot. Moving into the lineup side of thing, guys, and this will be the time we'll ask officially, go ahead and start dropping your predictions, your picks to click, who you think is going to hit a homer, series predictions, all that kind of stuff, and uh, hopefully at the end of this we get to look back at it happily and say everybody was right or most of us are right or whatever it is. Dodgers lineup, boom, let's put it up on the screen here. Nothing really changes. You got the uh, the Kershaw special, the playoff B, playoff A, B is in the lineup, Austin Barnes. Uh, Cody's in there, Will Smith at DH, Jock in left field, which I know you like a little bit more than AJ Pollock in left field. So Pollock sits today against the uh, speedy right-hander. But uh, Taylor, who's also nursing an ankle issue, he's he's in there uh, at second base. Not much to hate about this lineup against the 100-mile-an-hour arm of glass now. Yeah, you... I mean, you can make the argument, I guess, if you're looking to nitpick this this lineup a little bit. Uh, you're like, hey, I want to see Eddie Rios in there. I don't think it's that big of a deal. I think uh, what what you're getting today is pretty solid top to bottom. Love, We've talked about it multiple times. But we love the fact that you can put Austin Barnes in there and have Dave be ballsy enough to still use Will Smith as a DH. Yeah, I keep loving that. I haven't stopped loving that. Can't happen every game for obvious reasons, but... I don't know. I think it's a good move. I like that you get Austin in there for Kershaw. I think he's a much better partner for him than Will Smith is. Um, you still get – I like Belly down there in the six hole. I think it works well for him. I like Will Smith being in there every single day as a bat, no matter what, because he's hitting the ball hard as hell. Um, people hate Max Muncy batting cleanup, but, man, you look at production and things that he's done that don't necessarily jump out at you on the bottom line, and mm-hmm. Max Muncy has been extremely valuable to this team. Yeah, he's been fantastic. He's getting on base, which was the big thing. But when we're heading into the postseason, you know, we we were big on that narrative too of uh, Max batting cleanup for you know the first week plus week of uh, of postseason baseball, and uh, all of a sudden you look up now, his numbers are fine. He's getting on base over over a four fifty clip since the uh, the division series four thirty four clip. All throughout the postseason, and uh, his OPS nine seventy two on base plus slugging since the NLDS. So while he's not always finding grass, he's absolutely getting the job done. The right kind of guy to keep the line moving in these situations. And I understand, you know, you look at him, and uh, you know he's coming up with with a lot of runners on base, and not always getting the job done. He's facing a lot of really, 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 really tough left handed pitchers as well. I think that messed him up a lot in the in the uh, in the what do they call that the championship series against the Braves. But um, still, when you look all like all told, pile everything up, look at that line. It's like, yeah, I'm down to have that in my lineup. Especially, he's not going to get your your traditional slug, traditional grass. You know, like the perfect prototypical number four hitter. But 
if he's somebody who who's doing like a, a number two or a number six man's job in that four spot i'm i'm very uh, i'm very happy with what max is doing uh, to help the dodgers in this lineup i like him he's my uh he's my click to pick today by the way that's oh. that's gonna be the guy that i go with i think muncie uh gets a hold of one tonight <sighs> well if i'm going uh if i'm going somebody who, who do i gotta pick i mean it'd be weak it'd be weak to go seeker you know what i'm gonna pull a brook i'm gonna go with the catching core and i'm gonna cheat oh. a little bit i'm taking two of them say somebody in the catching core if not both is gonna get it done it's a barnes or smith uh I'm taking a twofer. I'm taking a twofer. That's right. That's 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 America right there for you guys. That counts. You're allowed to take the catching <laughs> core. That's a rule. Uh, a few uh, before we get into the other teams lined up. Let's take a few of the comments here. A few of the predictions. Uh, let's see. We got Will Smith slug. A lot of letters and numbers. Slug. Uh, uh, something is saying Will Smith. Uh, Nomo Fomo saying Mookie will mash. Katie saying Dodgers and six. Um, I guess we have a Padres fan somewhere in the stream. So. Get get on out of here. It's not the time, but we always appreciate anybody who wants to join us. Jim is saying Mookie is due to go yard. Jock is clutch in the World Series, so that's also uh, a good couple to to, to click right there. Uh, Raul says Dodgers in five. Max six. Uh, Leslie says Dodgers in five as well. Uh, we got Tim. Tim is saying Dodgers in six. We got Orlando five. Tonight's game is going to go eight four Dodgers way, according to Judith. On Facebook, Trent says six four Dodgers. Kirsch gives up three and goes five, which I, I wouldn't be overly upset with, even though it doesn't look good on the line. It's still uh, it's still a productive uh, productive outing. Uh, our boy El Cariza is saying uh, Barnes is going to get destroyed by Glasnow. You think you think Barnsy uh, Mookie powered Barnsy can can catch up to to a hundred mile of cheese? Uh, <laughs> Barnes does not look good on anything over 95 uh, for a long time. So, you know, if he's sitting 100 miles an hour, he might get a hold of one. Well, you hope he's sitting on one then. Then just let him get beat by curveballs. Sit fastball. <laughs> Austin, sit fastballs all day long. All day. Actually, uh, you know what? Just tell the whole lineup to sit fastballs all day long. Let's, let's just do it that way. Yeah, that's a good call. Might as well. I'll, I'll get you on the phone with uh, Brant Brown real quick. Uh, Soul Bro One says, "How about another 11-0 first? Sure. I mean, are you in on that? I, I think you're in on that. I'm down. I'll take it. I'm not gonna mind." Looking at the other side of the lineup, let's go ahead and throw the Rays lineup on there. And these are a lot of names that we don't know. A lot of people don't know, and we're gonna learn about them tonight. Um, how do these guys fare against Kirsch? We've talked about it, but once again, seeing the lineup, seeing the names. How do you feel about it? Yeah, I mean, a lot of these guys haven't seen a bunch of uh, Clayton Kershaw in their careers. You look at all of them, and Hunter Renfro and Manny Margot, those are two guys who have seen a lot of them, or comparatively have seen a lot of them. But, yeah, I mean, these are just, again, a lot of guys that you don't know. Uh, The Rays throughout the course of the year have done really well on hitting curveballs, so I think that you're going to see less curveballs mixed in. He already doesn't throw as many curveballs as he used to. Nope. Um, But if he can get that slider working tonight and that fastball dotted, the Rays are in trouble, man, as long as he can get those two things locked in. Put your faith, put your trust in Clayton Edward Kershaw. He will do something good for you tonight. My buddy Tristan is in the stream, and he's asking, how is Muncy's face? Because he got hit pregame. I guess he took a uh, an awkward hop uh, doing some infield drills and took one off like the face cheek area. And uh, he went in, got checked out. He's fine. He's still remaining in the lineup. Everything looks Good. He was taking batting practice not long afterwards. So 
good on the Mad Max. He feels no pain. <laughs> he's too strong for it. Right, what is uh, what is your prediction for the series? Give me give me some good news. Um, you know what? I'm gonna play it conservatively because anytime I go aggressive, it never goes well. Uh, I'm gonna say Dodgers and six. All right, well then I'm gonna go aggressive. Dodgers sweep, baby. Let's go. Not even like a gentleman sweep. Nope. I'm gonna, I'm gonna eat right. those words, aren't I? Yeah, you're definitely. We're definitely gonna be a clip at the end of some raise thing. <laughs> I say that being actively, um, a- actively overdoing it because I, 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 it's probably gonna be a five game at at best. But how? Oh, why not? Let's go with the sweep. Sometimes it just happens. Dodgers have the momentum. The the Rays are tired. A lot of things line up that way. Uh, who's your World Series MVP? Oh man, World Series MVP. That's tough. Uh, <sighs> you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna go uh, very very uh, not traditional, and I'm gonna say that Julio is the World Series MVP. Damn, I was gonna go that yep. way too. Oh really? Yeah. Oh. Look at that! Hey, you want to host a podcast? But now he has together? to be the World Series MVP. <laughs> Hell yeah! The, hey, you guys can uh, you guys can brook it right there. Uh, what's up, gaming? Says Seeger or Bellinger. Uh, that's also a good call. My buddy Johnny says uh, uh, Bellinger. What's his name? The other one, Corey Seeger. That's his name. Uh, final one I wanted to get to because I saw it here, and I wanted to give you a chance to slightly rant before we take off. Brandon Seal on Periscope says, what's up with the narrative of the Dodgers window closing? Talked a, bit, a little bit about it last night, but uh, go ahead. I don't, I don't understand what they mean when you say that the Dodgers window is closing. You can't mean talent-wise on this team. That's, there's no way in any sense of the word that you can mean that. You can mean that the, the competition's getting better. You can mean that. I don't mind that at all. I don't hate mm-hmm. that. Um, you could argue that the that the Padres are going to be much better over the next couple of years. You can argue that the Giants are going to be good in like five more years. Uh, you can make all of these arguments. I don't mind those at all. But to say that the Dodgers window is closing, to say that Kershaw's aging out, to say that JT's aging out, to say that Kenley's aging out, those are not the three guys that got us here. Those are not the three guys that made this season happen. You look at the guys who have made a difference. Cody, Corey, Mookie, all these guys are under 30 years old mm-hmm. still. You know, the oldest one is Mookie. He's 28. You still have uh, 12 more years of him and, you know, probably eight more really good years from him, give or take. I don't understand how you can say the window's closing. I don't understand how you can go on and talk about how good of the young pitching staff that the Dodgers have, <laughs> even in their farm system still, that should be probably at a major league level already, mm-hmm. and then say that the window's closing. I don't get it. I don't understand it. A-Rod said it. I don't expect smart things from A-Rod. It happens when you play in New York. I get it. But hey, still, just hey, a bad opinion. Hey, man, you know how it is. Sometimes you get the, ca- the microphone in front of your face and you just say things and you don't know what you're saying. Words just vomit out. And and that's how A-Rod made his career, his post-playing career, uh, is just vomiting words in front of a camera because the idiots give him money to. So you guys want to give us money to, go ahead. Uh DM us, but um, <laughs> on that note, I'm seeing a lot of Mookie for MVP. Uh, Nomo Fomos is Mookie MVP or co-MVP with Will Smith. Uh, yeah, a number of Mookies in there. We got Trent saying Walker Bueller MVP, also not a bad pick. Juiced Lee says, I'm nervous, Papa Brooke and Papa Clint. <laughs> <laughs> like I knew, I knew I didn't want to read the comment, but I had to read it because it was just – That's good. That's it's cool, so yeah. Good. And the final one I wanted to do here, our boy Doug McCain, 
host of the DN post game show says Dodgers in five Mookie MVP. Let's go. So on that note, wherever you are watching this pregame that you're watching, you guys can tune in right after the game. Click on the buttons. You can watch the post-game show. So you can be happy with Doug or you can be mad with Doug. And he's going to take all your comments, all your fire takes, and uh, you know, make some magic with it with you guys uh, uh, for hopefully um, you know, four more wins here in October. But uh, we appreciate all you guys hanging out with us today. Uh, we're going to be here before every game. So let's get four more dubs along the way. This will also be a podcast. So if you're listening as a podcast during the game, cool. That's all I got. Uh, find us on the internet. There's a whole bunch of Dodgers content there at DodgersNation.com. Podcast is Blue Heaven Podcast. We're on iTunes or everywhere podcasts can be found. Spotify is a good spot. Subscribe to YouTube. We have a YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Dodgers Nation TV, or just search for Dodgers Nation. We come up there. We have a lot of content going up on on that as well. So hit that notification bell while you're at it. Uh, that guy. You know what? You do that. You know our names. You go ahead. I, I know my name, guys. I am Brooke. You can find me at Brooke Me 3 on Twitter and Instagram. That guy around there on the other side of me somewhere is at RealFRG. We're at Dodgers Nation on Twitter, at Officials Dodgers Nation on Instagram. Thank you guys for hanging out with us. Thank you for your comments. Thank you for your questions. Thanks for being here every single day that we get to do this. You guys make it all worth it, even though we're tired and we haven't slept in a long time and we're really dying. But we appreciate you. We love you. We love hanging out with you. Go Dodgers. Go Clayton Kershaw. Give me a dub. We're in the end game now, kids. Hey. Be warned. The ones who pick up a refreshingly cold drink from McDonald's and people see just how refreshingly cold that drink from McDonald's is, you may create drink envy. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. For a morning brew that really creates a stir, get any size iced coffee, including caramel and French vanilla, for just 99 cents before 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.